This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Stephen G. Post, the author of a new book entitled God and Love and Route 80, The Hidden Mystery of Human Connectedness. Please listen to podcast number 735, where Greg and Dr. Post discuss his personal story, which is filled with faith, love, and fate. Compelled by a persistent and mysterious dream of a blue angel, Stephen leaves behind his family, friends, and a routine life in New Hampshire in favor of thumbing a ride across the continent on a spontaneous road trip adventure. You won't want to miss this engaging discussion and the life lessons learned as a result of his faith in God while following his intuition and listening to his soul's calling. Please listen to podcast number 735 with author Dr. Stephen G. Post about his new book, God and Love and Route 80. For more information, please visit his website at www.stephengpost.com or www.unlimitedloveinstitute.org. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Zevi, as I do every time, I thank my listeners. <clears throat> Anybody who does podcasts needs to be thanking their listeners who constantly uh, come in through our various channels. Um, for all of you out there who continue to come in and add to our list, we appreciate you very much. And joining me today is Zevi Band, and Zevi is the co-founder and CEO of Contactually, a uh, top CRM uh, platform. And his new po- book that's out is called Success in Your Sphere, Leverage the Power of Relationships to Achieve Your Business Goals. Zevi, good day to you. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. A lot to be thankful for. Well, you do, considering you just had a brand new baby boy, and uh, congrats to you and your wife. Um, I'm going to let our listeners know a bit about you. As I said, he's the co-founder of Contactually. Uh, Zevi has led Contactually to millions in venture backing, and the company now has 75 employees and tens of thousands of customers, including eight of the top 20 real estate brokerages in the country, uh, an engineer, developer, entrepreneur, strategist, and startup advisors with both technical and non-technical expertise. Devi has been named a Washington Tech Titan four times, uh, was a finalist in the Ernst & Young 2016 Entrepreneur of the Year Award. So he has a lot of background in this. You can visit him at Zevi, Z-E-V-I, band, B-A-N-D dot com, or go to the website, and I'm going to encourage all my listeners, and we'll have it, get the free trial of Contextually. Many of you out there know that I'm a kind of an advocate and an influencer in this area and have had a lot of people on <clears throat> with CRMs. This is truly a very unique, uh, very well done, thought out, a good user design. Uh, a, a software system. But his book, more importantly, is really awesome. And we're going to get into that because it's really talking about what do you have to do to build relationships? And Zevi, you openly admit right in the first part of the book that you were, you disdained networking, you avoided it, you were more of an engineer type. You obviously came from Jewish family like I did. You were more of an introvert. Your parents always wanted you to follow your passion. And after working for several firms, you had this entrepreneurial itch, which you always had. Tell our listeners a little about the story of how Contactually was born and what really drove you to want to help solve this problem. Because most entrepreneurs are saying, 
hey, I want to solve the problem, but you weren't the guy that people would think would be doing it because you really didn't even like networking. Yeah, well, so as it turns out, you know, most, you know, you know I think most of us don't necessarily like networking or at least don't like the idea of, of networking. Um, but as it, especially if you're introverted, but as it turns out, uh, introverts uh, or, you know, sometimes ambiverts tend to be better at, uh, at networking or relationship building. Uh, why? It's because while, you know, we don't necessarily feed off energy of others, um, we do very well in one-on-one -on -one environments. And also, we have to be tactical around our relationship building. So you're right. I'm definitely someone that while I learned that relationships were this critical component of my career and, I, and has unlocked amazing opportunities for me, I wasn't very good at it because I didn't necessarily enjoy it and it didn't come naturally to me. But that caused me very early on to start looking for systems and tools to be able to help me build and maintain relationships. If I, you know, if I can't remember who I met for breakfast two weeks ago, could I rely on a system or process to help me remember who I, you know, who I met two weeks ago? Um, and so that's actually what led me in 2011 to, to come up with the idea behind it actually um, of a proactive CRM, meaning that most CRM tools or most tools that we use nowadays are reactive. Like think of an Excel spreadsheet, right? Unless you actually go in and change something, the information is not going to, the information there is not going to change. So how could a CRM tool or some kind of tool actually help me by tracking who I'm meeting with, tracking who I'm talking to, building up that information set on those people, and then helping me identify who I need to talk to every day. Yeah, well, the proactivity part is really important. And I think a lot of CRMs try to do it, but they don't do it effectively. I mean, I, I was talking to you before we went on the air about the old telemagic and goldmine and act. And one of the things about those pieces of software is kind of the reminders, right? Hey, you need to call back this person or that person. Whereas some of the newer ones actually didn't have that developed in there. Um, that's what I like about your software. Now you speak about the importance of social connections and that the social proof shows of the studies that you pulled out and you found that we have a reliance on a trusted third party that's an influencer over our decision-making. How do you help people in sales, whether it's real estate sales or it's any kind of sales, improve their influence with your CRM system contactually? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, one thing I'm very confident that every listener here uh, you know, like you know, is you know the, every listener here like really understands is that one, you're you're great at actually creating that relationship. You know, when you're one on one across from someone, it doesn't even matter if you've like had formal sales training. You can build that relationship. You can make that personal connection. Um, and at the same time, you know, the other thing that I think most of us are pretty confident in is that we have the skill to be able to actually do whatever job is asked of us, right? You know, if you're a real estate agent that you can actually, you know, help someone find a home and manage the transaction and be able to sell their property, et cetera. Um, that, you know, if you're a salesperson that you can actually answer their questions. Um, you can navigate, you know, complex situations and legal agreements and negotiations. Um, so where are we falling short then, right? And why does relationship marketing and tools 
to help you with relationship marketing like can actually come into play. And it's what happens between those touch points. It's what, what's happened between those connections. You know, for example, how many times have we walked, walked away from a networking event or conference you know, with a really thick stack of you know, business cards from relationships that we've created. And the next time we see those stack of business cards is when we're fishing them out of our pants pocket out of the laundry machine, right? Because we never actually, you know, we never did the work to nurture. You know, there's a, there's a study that 47% of leads that come from online portals in real estate never get any engagement whatsoever. Um, and these are leads that people are paying for. Um, at the same time, uh, there's a, a statistic according to the National Association of Realtors that 88% of buyers say they'd work with their agent again, but only 12% actually do. Um, so these numbers are pretty, um, you know, pretty shocking. And so you know, what we've learned is that you know, we're so focused on the short term that as human beings, we're missing out on the long term opportunities. And that's where technology can really come in and help us. Well, and I think that, you know, when you look at how our brains are built, that's how they are built. You know, you talk about what's your short-term memory and you said, well, you can't remember what you ate for breakfast the morning before. If you have a good system, and obviously if you have hundreds, now in my case, um, according to what you guys imported into Contactually, you found 11,000 contacts for me. Um, and the reality is, is, you know, I have a hard time keeping up because I got about 4,000 just on um LinkedIn. And you, you mentioned that in the book about LinkedIn, uh, that it, that that isn't the best way to do it. Um, what would you advocate, uh, you know, when you look at LinkedIn, you looked at Twitter and you look at all the social media that people are using these days, how do people best master that in conjunction with their CRM? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the, and I think that there's, you know, um, one common misconception when, people you know, read the book or hear, you know, hear what I'm saying is that, the, that you know, we're saying that LinkedIn or social media platforms like Facebook or Twitter are bad. It, it, that's not the case, right? I think one thing we have to realize though is that you know, we live in a world where we can be connected to so many people and it's so easy to have, as, you know, have thousands and thousands of connections, right? I probably have, you know, I have 40,000 contacts in my LinkedIn, my, um, contaction database. I have 3,500 or so connections on LinkedIn. But what we miss out though is the depth, right? You know, how many people on LinkedIn, for example, um, would lend us $20 if we reached out and asked them for help, right? And how many people, if they reach out to us and ask for $20, would we be willing to? And so the important thing is not necessarily to dismiss social media. Social media is an important tool. It's yes, I, I do, you know, we do advocate that it's worth you know, staying connected to people on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, but don't stop there, right? Of those relationships you have, which are the ones that are that you want to go deeper on? Um, and if you want to go deeper, then you know, once you've identified those people, don't just, you know, like their posts or post comments on their wall but instead use that information to be able to go deeper. You know, if someone, if you see that someone changed jobs, well, don't just, you know, like click like or congrats on the new job and be the 35th person to do so. Instead, maybe send them a personal email or a note or handwritten card 
um, set a reminder 30 days later saying, hey, it's been a month since you changed jobs. Like, how's, you know, how's the new world? Um, so do those small little things that show that you care and that you're not just kind of doing kind of the, the minimal lift required that uh, these social platforms are often gearing us towards. Yeah, and I it is it is a lot of work today to kind of keep up with all of this. And I think the prospects know the purpose. The question is, is, you know, people, you say it in the book, want to do business with people they like. And you've got to be likable and you've got to hang around <clears throat> groups of people, uh, I think, that are similar and like you. And, you know, you you inter or I've interviewed Simon Sinek, the guy who made the why kind of aware. He's been on the show a couple of times and he always has thousands of downloads. You also mentioned that knowing our why is important to building a relationship. What would you tell the listeners out there? about defining their why because at the core and the essence of your purpose and your why is really why you're doing all of this you know what's the you, know, you got to say well what is the point right um where did you come to when you developed contactually and what would you tell the listeners yeah uh, and it's a really great point so yes one of the challenges that you know you may face for example when you're looking at you know the 11,000 contacts in your database or, you know, all of your contacts on, you know, on social media is, well, you know, if I want to go deeper on certain relationships, well, which ones do I? Um, and we often tend to gravitate towards either organizing relationships like, you know, um, like past clients and leads and people in Washington, D.C., um, or we tend to think about like, you know, people who are operating at a higher level. Like I only want to work with, you know, I only think I want to talk to so-called important people, you know, either, you know, wealthy or they have a high title that may not necessarily always make sense or always work out. And so one of the things that we, before we go, uh, before we walk people through the capital strategy, it's about defining your goals. Um, what are the goals that you're trying to achieve? You know, maybe in your career, in your current job, in your life overall, um, and then think, how can I leverage relationships I build and maintain to be able to help me with that? So, for example, with Contactually, uh, one of the things that was very important for me is, of course, I wanted to grow and build a business. Well, we did that by raising venture capital. And so a very important thing for me was to nurture relationships with existing investors and prospective investors. And I was very, very targeted in who are the prospective investors that I believe I wanted to work with and wanted to work with me, and I make sure I was building relationships with those. Once that became not a priority, then you know I was, you know, then I deprioritized that. I didn't say I'm never gonna talk to them again, but say, hey, I'm not necessarily going to be as focused as staying top of mind with them. And so you might be looking for a new job. You might be looking for a promotion in your existing role. You might be looking for, you know, more opportunities or repeat business or more referrals. Whatever you do, it's kind of important to start defining those. Then from there, you can figure out who are the types of people and how do I stay engaged with them in order to achieve that ultimate objective. Well, I think for our listeners, you know, building relationships is obviously most people out there, it doesn't matter what you do. 
Um, it's doing it with passion and it's also being very mindful of these relationships that you're building and the purpose for them. And I've found over the years of having been in sales all my life that some of my best customers became my best friends. You know, you would do social things with them, you know, and at the core strategy of your book is something you call capital strategy. And each one of the letters in the word capital is an acronym for your process. If you would tell our listeners what this is and how to use this in building great long-term relationships, because I thought it was a great kind of point in the book where the book took the turn, right? Yeah, exactly. So the, the capital strategy is all about is all about you know, the actual strategy of building and maintaining relationships. And what I mean by that is that you've got, okay, if relationships are our most important asset, um, then just like our financial assets, you know, we need to put strategies and processes and tools in place to do that. So the capital strategy is actually pretty straightforward. It's, um, you know, it's consistency, aggregate, prioritize, investigate, timely engagement, adding value and leverage. Um, and when you put all of those together, um, you know, you end up being, being able to focus on the people you need to talk to, the timing of when you engage with them, and then how you add value to be able to nurture those relationships over a long period of time. It's a, it's a great thing. And I'm going to advocate to all my listeners, you know, go get the book. Uh, it's worth the investment. We'll put a link to Amazon on it. We'll put a link to uh, Zebby's website as well. Um, and pick this up and definitely go get the free trial uh, for contactually. That is a, a great way for you to see how this works. Now, Zevi, you speak about building the habit of scheduling time to do the activities that are important to relationship building. Um, I think, um, like James Clear, who I've spoken with, Atomic Habits, that it's really about habits. People have to uh, go at something and they have to change a, what I would call a habit that's not serving them with one that is. Um, and it's interesting as I'm speaking and I said his name, an email comes in from James Clear. Uh, you, so how do you habit, how do you help people develop these time segments and scheduling uh, so that they're actually building this and becoming relationship magnets? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, there's actually kind of two parts of the habit, the habit approach uh, when it comes to relationship marketing that we need to be thinking about. Um, and that actually is the first and last letters of capital, uh, the C for consistency and the L for leverage. Um, yeah, we tend to automatically like kind of jump to, uh, you know, how do we build habit? Okay, well, how do we build habit? We need to make sure we're doing repeatedly what are the triggers I can use? Um, one of the most effective strategies that we've seen um, is just honestly simple time blocking. You know, just blocking, blocking, repeat, blocking, repeating calendar events. Um, you know, in Google Calendar, Outlook, or Apple Calendar, whatever you use, um, and setting aside that time to be proactive with your relationships instead of reactive to whatever's popping up on your phone or your email inbox. Um, so yeah, there's definitely things like that. Um, you know, you can, you know, you know uh, Atomic Habits is a great book and unpack things more. Um, you can, you can do other things like setting yourself, giving yourself rewards, 
um, by you know, in order to kind of trick your brain to say, hey, this is good. This is something I want to do. I want to, I enjoy doing it. So I'm much more likely to do it later on. Um, you know, BJ Fogg, a researcher out of Stanford, has the tiny habits um, approach where in order to build a habit, you actually associate it with something you already do. So for example, one thing that's actually important for me is um, I've, I've associated things. So whenever I step off the train every morning in DC here, um, the very first thing I do is I open up my phone and I text someone who I haven't spoken to in a while saying, hey, just thinking of you, hope all is well. And that's all I, that's all I do, right? Small little thing. The important thing though, that oftentimes people are skipping over is the L in capital, which is leverage. Um, and that's how do you give yourself more leverage with your time, knowing that you know, being able to dedicate the time um, is oftentimes the biggest blocker in, in, in habit. And so that means how do you make sure that your relationship building is easy as possible? Um, maybe it's as simple as having email templates. Um, saved your, in your email client or in your CRM that you can you easily use to reach out to people. Maybe it's having a, maybe it's having something like a you know um, like a stack of books that you really like to send out to people that whenever you know whenever you you know you think of someone you can you know give them a book you give them a book and that's it. Or maybe um, you know what works for me is realizing that I'm not going to have much time. Well, is it worth me to pay someone else to do do some of the relationship building for me? So, for example, you know, for years I've had a virtual assistant um, who is handling a lot of my calendar management and time management, and yeah, she can handle some of my relationship management too. Meaning that when I want to, you know, um, when I when I'm thinking of someone, I can send her a quick message saying, "Hey, can you send a book to the, to you know person X Y Z." And you know, I and she'll look up you know Greg's you know Greg's um, mailing address. She'll buy the book. She'll write the card, and that's it, right? So leverage is something that we probably have to think about just as much we think as we think about the habits. I so much agree, and I think these are all touch points for helping you uh, build those relationships, right? The little text when you get off of the train. Um, thinking of somebody, I frequently get these uh, insights and I just call people and I leave them a voicemail message, right? And I'll do that a couple of times a day. Someone comes in my head, you know, I call them. I don't really have a reason just to say hi, see how things are doing. Um, I think there's so many little techniques like that that can help you stay in touch with somebody that you care about. Now, one of the things that you do well, and you have diagram in the book, is you speak about creating buckets or types of relationships. Um, why is taking the time to do this um, so important and helping one reach their goals? Um, why, why do you say bucket these relationships? Yeah, and so I think uh, you, you have the perfect example there. Um, if you have 11,000 contacts in your database, um, well, who who do I stay in touch with, right? Who's important for me? Um, am I going to try and treat all of them the same? Well, let's be honest, you know, if you're trying to say, oh, I want to have personal relationships with all 11,000 of these people, you could be spending your entire year doing nothing but having personal conversations with all these people, and you're still not talking to them more than kind of, you know, once every year or so. 
um, you know, or if you have, you know, if you say, oh, well, I'm just going to put them all on an email list. Um, well, what happens if those people start responding or, you know, if you're just kind of sending them an email newsletter that makes them feel like that, you know, that's all they, that's all they are to you, then, you know, how valuable a relationship is that? And so that's why, you know, the, um, you know, one of the key aspects of relationship marketing is from your goals, identifying who are the types of people that will help you with those goals and then narrowing down your sphere of influence so you can focus more time and effort. So of the 11,000 people in your database, there might only be 200 or so people that are actually worth staying in touch in a personal way. Um, and those are the people that you put into buckets or categories. Um, and part of the thing with you know, putting people in buckets is not just kind of putting them into a particular group, but then it's choosing how often you want to stay in touch with them too. Um, and so you can say, hey, well, these you know, 200 or so people I want to stay in touch with once a month. Okay, that's a lot of work, but you can manage it. Then there are these 500 people or so that maybe I'm staying in touch with once a year. Okay, that's a lot more manageable. That puts it in uh, in great perspective. I mean, you know, when you have eleven thousand or you have forty thousand, like you've got, you've really got to do something like that. Now, the time it takes up front to actually get that organized, can actually can help you do that a lot quicker. And then once it's done, now that doesn't mean look because you've everybody listening, you're going to have to go through a list. You're going to have to remember who they are, where they came from. You know, you don't keep all those business cards if you did it digitally it's a name and it's an email address and it's a title and it's a whatever. And sometimes you don't always remember. And I know, uh, Zevi, that that isn't the easiest thing to do, but you have to start looking and gaining intelligence. And the next way is, is to gain intelligence on the people, go to social media, look on LinkedIn, uh, look them up, try and do as much as you can to remember who that person was and why you'd want to stay in contact with them. And you talk about setting a cadence and making contacts with the prospects, which is what you were just talking about. Um, what would you recommend to our listeners? Because you said, hey, I want to stay drip on them once a month, or I want to drip on them once a quarter. I want to drip on them once a year. Um, your system is really designed to do all of this. Is that correct? Yeah. And I mean, the important thing, though, that I think we should tweak our relationship is, um, you know, well, do think like let's think about it from the other side from the people that we want to stay in touch with do you think they want to be quote dripped on right no right like you know and that's where you know it's important that we think about not over automating things to the point where we sound impersonal in right. our relationships right? right and so yeah like tools like can actually yeah it's meant to help you you know, be able to send out messages on automated cadence that maybe it goes out automatically without you speaking, without you approving the message, or maybe it pops up so you can like make some small little customizations. There are many different ways to go to, to do that for sure. Um, but that's, uh, um, you know, but that's something that like it's worth keeping in mind that, hey, we you know, we shouldn't over automate ourselves to the point that we come across in personal. Believe me, I've accidentally done that before. I've tested out and I've, I've made a ton of mistakes where I thought, oh yeah, my entire database would love to hear what I'm up to once a month. 
Um, right. Yeah, no, 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 don't, don't do they that don't. anymore. They don't really. <laughs> no, they don't want to know what we're doing every month, but they might want to know about it every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say that because I talked to a prospect that's been forever in the mill yesterday. This is a great example. And I said, hey, are you ever going to do anything? I'm very blunt because I'm at an age now where I see the clock ticking, right? You, you, you get a little bit more, hmm, you know, you're patient, but you're not that patient. And he goes, well, keep sending me something every month to remind me. He, that's what he told me, right? Uh, and it's interesting. He's not in my system to do that. So what you're saying is, you know, he has now told me that he wants me to be in contact with him every month. Um, and so this brings this to this question here. Well, we can tie a knot. I have two questions for you. One of them uh, is one that I that I didn't write, but I've been thinking about. I listened to an NPR podcast from the guys who created Slack. And the whole uh, conversation in that NPR program was around, you know, where is email going, right? And we have email fatigue, I think. The whole world has email fatigue. And so obviously Slack is an internal system that people use when you're inside of companies. Where do you think this is all going when you, you talk about contactually in the email? How are we going to find ourselves as a society? I've had uh, recently Brian um, Solis on, who is yep. the anthropologist. Uh, wonderful interview. Actually, it's, it's breaking this week. Uh, after speaking with Brian, he says it's just getting worse and worse. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I think, you know, the interesting thing is that we've, uh, you know, over the past, you know, few years, you know, we've, you know, we've switched into a world of threats, right? Where it's all about more, more, more. How do I have more LinkedIn connections? How do I have more Instagram followers? How do I do whatever I can have more? Even like with you know, the, the, the explosion in marketing automation tools, um, you know, it's now so easy to send more messages to more people with less work. Now, the problem is, is that yes, that we as, you know, we are therefore getting inundated with more and more messaging and touch points and communication what we're missing out though is the depth and so therefore i think that the best way to counteract uh the world that we're in and the challenge that we're facing is to go deeper into our relationship you know it should not be a surprise to us that when cigna the health insurance company did a survey of around 20,000 americans um over 50 percent identified as being lonely in some way which crazy when you think about the social media world that we live in where we seem to be connected but the problem is, is because we're going you know a mile wide and inch deep and so that's why i think it's important for us that we make a stand and go deeper with relationships you know i i happen to know just like you a number of great people who pump out newsletters you know all day long to their audience i actually unsubscribe from all of those you know, and I, I don't have a newsletter of my own. I don't need that out in the world. What I do is I make sure that on a cadence that I choose, that I'm going deeper with relationships. So, you know, I, you know, Greg, I don't need to like, you know, I don't need to meet, you know, I don't need to, you know, to speak to you every month or so. But, you know, if you and I are in town together, 
um, yeah, let's spend 45 minutes and let's go really deep on coffee and let, let's you know, let's make sure we, we keep, you know, keep that touch point. Yeah. I think that that suffering that you're speaking about, uh, Tim Desmond was on, uh, how to be human in a, what he called fucked up world. Um, it, you know, it, it, very good Buddhist perspective, but the reality is, is on the other side of this suffering that's being created as a result of this is an opportunity to show compassion. And I think at the deep point here, what you're really trying to do is have compassion and you're trying to bring value. You speak about that value to your prospects. We always appreciate somebody who wants to help us in a true, sincere way, somebody who wants to help us. You know, some of my best clients were the most difficult clients, the hardest ones to close, the hardest ones to get loans for, the hardest ones to get into that piece of property. Yet those are the the ones that you have probably the most significant meaning from, right? So what are some of the things that listeners can do to create values in those important relationships? Yeah, and that's where, you know, you're right. It's the, the depth comes in and it's leveraging the intelligence that we have. You know, just again, think of it back as, you know, like, let's think of like our real friends, like our friends from like high school or college. You know, what made us, you know, what made us friends with them? Well, two things really. One is having that, you know, having those, you know, shared memories and shared connections and having the knowledge and having and knowing them. Of course, I know all my friends, you know, you know, significant others, you know, I know their names, you know, I, I know all about them. Of course, I know their kids' names. Of course, I knew where they grew up. You know, why can't we, if we want to care about the relationships, you know, in our professional sphere, you know, how can we carry that over? You know, I, I tell a story in the book about, uh, you know, a time where I was meeting with someone that I really wanted to build a relationship with and I thought I could work with very well. Um, and of course, we had like, you know, a great coffee meeting. You know, it's, it's hard not to, have a, not to have a good coffee meeting if you're just kind of, you know, just two, you know, two people, just, you know, just sharing each other's interests, et cetera. But I made a point of, you know, capturing, writing down the notes, you know, the, from our small talk kind of before and after the meeting. And so, you know, instead of just sending him the normal rote thank you message, which again, would just get lost in the pile of emails that, you know, he and I have. Um, instead, I, I looked through my notes and I, I, I remembered that, like, you know, remembered from my notes with him that, you know, his kid like really likes playing basketball. And so I went online on Amazon and spent $10 and sent a basketball to his house. Um, you know, with the thank you note, say, hey, you know, really appreciate your time. Um, hope you, you know, hope you hope this makes up for your time while with your kid uh, this weekend. And that's the kind of way that we can go much, much deeper with our relationships by delivering those shared experiences or having that knowledge and leveraging that to be able to go deeper with the people that we care about. Yeah, and I think it is the sincerity in what you're doing is really, you know, do it with heart, do it with soul. And that's what you're all about, Zevi, I can tell, is, you know, every realtor out there, um, some of the most, the ones that I've met, uh, they're not trying to qualify you first. They're really trying to find out more about you so that they can be a better realtor. It doesn't matter what business it is. Ask a lot of questions um, and find out what drives people's desires. Um to it and that will give you the actual uh what i want to call it, nexus for 
where the sale, when the sale is going to be made and why it would be made because it's really the why. It's, it's driving to the why. And it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth. And for my listeners, we've been on with Zevi Band. We've been talking about his book, Success is in Your Sphere, Leverage the Power of Relationships to Achieve Your Business Goals. We'll have a link on the blog to this. Xavier, are there any last words of wisdom that you would want to leave with our listeners uh, about not only just the book, but anything that might enlighten them about building relationships? Yeah, and I mean, I think there's, uh, you know, uh, there, you know, there's when I think about you know one of the most important parts of relationship building. Um, relationship marketing in general. There's a, there's a venture capitalist, Bryce Roberts, um, who wrote an amazing, like, I think he wrote it's kind of a quick throwaway blog post, but it has so stuck with me. Um, and it's kind of just three words, you know, most people won't, right? Um, and I, I think it's an, such an important mantra. Like, most people won't go to networking events. Most people won't follow up. Most people, you know, won't, be able to add any value. Most people won't, you know, reach out to someone to grab dinner. Most people won't, you know, record that little bit of information. And so there's so much fear um, that I've seen, you know, with, you know, working with tens of thousands of businesses um, with, uh, you know, with, uh, with Contactually of, well, what do I say? Or I have to get it right. And that leads people to paralysis and, and, and complete indecision. Um, it's important that we just say, hey, well, most people aren't going to do anything at all. So why don't I be that person that at least does something, you know, even if it's not necessarily the best message. Um, yes, there's always more you could be doing. You could always be investing more time and more thought into it. But, you know, be the person that does something, period. Um, I like to say even just sending a text message to someone saying, hey, long time no talk, just thinking of you, hope all is well, that's a, value, that's a more valuable experience than not speaking to anyone and having the relationship completely disappear. So I think, you know, that's why, you know, yes, we talk about a lot of like, you know, basic and then more advanced strategies in the book, but don't let that or, you know, hearing other tips and tricks overwhelm you. You know, think about how do I make sure that I'm the person that takes action instead of just does nothing. Well said. And I think whoever that gentleman was, what was his name again? That said most people. Uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce Roberts. Bryce Roberts. I'm going to write that down because that was great. Uh, so at any rate, for all my listeners who are still engaged in this podcast at this point, definitely go purchase the book. Uh, go look up the website, uh, Zevi, Z-E-V-I-B-A-N-D.com, Contactually, C-O-N-T-A-C-T-U-A-L-L-Y.com. That's where you can That's, get your uh, free. If, 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 if you just put contact and, and contact and um, actually. Actually, <laughs> actually together, you get Contactually. Yep. Yep. It's a great name. It's a wonderful name. Thanks for being on the show, Zevi. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. It was great.